Slasher, the TV series, found a new home for season four on Shudder. Flesh and Blood was that particular season. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. I chatted with actor Paula Brancati, director Adam McDonald, creator Aaron Martin, and writer Ian Carpenter. Guys, really intriguing. Uh, for all of you, I kind of get almost an Agatha, Agatha Christie kind of feel to this. Kind of comment on that. It hopefully it was intentional because that really works well for this. Uh, yeah, like the, the show is as much as uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I can hear back feedback as into the theater. We're going to join together. Um, the show is as much of a uh, of an Agatha Christie novel as it is a um, a, a slasher movie. So it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that you're feeling that, and I'm glad that it's working for you because it really is a whodunit. Um, and we just get to do the extra fun of you know massacring people while we're figuring out who the killer is. Adam, <laughs> I think that I, I think that's part of the brilliance of the show. What Aaron created is marrying those kind of two genres to the extreme. You know, the Agatha Christie kind of mystery. It's got like, you know, it's fun. You want to know who it is. You've got these intriguing characters. But then the, it, he unleashes this horror to go along with it. That I think it's, it's just strikes such an interesting and kind of a creative balance. It's exciting for me to, to be involved in. So, yeah. It feels, it feels very, uh, I think, extra present in this season, too, just because there's, there's something about this family, for us anyways, that feels a little sort of frozen in time, you know? There's, and, and so it, it feels like it, it heart, and, and also, too, our sort of visual reference, which is the films of Douglas Sirk, where there's just a lot of looking backwards, and within the story, there's a lot of looking backwards. So that all kind of feels like it clicks and resonates with uh, Christie's work, for sure. And Boomer clearly agrees. Yeah, she's in the. <laughs> As an actor, that's very fun to play. I scare very easily. So, Agatha Christie, most horror things I'm not very familiar with, barely even our show I can watch. I have nightmares when I go home from work, but it's so fun to play. It's so fun to play. And when you're reading the scripts, even it's chilling. And then you get to work. And there are like fake bodies and fake blood that feel real. So um, it's always pitched very high and uh, and it's it's so exciting. It feels like we're doing theater, actually, a lot of the time. More on Slasher, Flesh and Blood in a moment. This was in a roundtable setting. Adam McDonald on his take on Canadian horror. Where it favorite stands out, we always seem to be the underdog in many ways. Because Canada's like a smaller country. And um, I don't know, we just seem like we try not to hold in back any punches. So I just, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the horror, we tried to like aim to be as good or better than the States in many ways with the films and stuff like that. We were always compared to them. And that's why I think it's something great. Like a, sh a show like Slasher, where it's just, it breaks off from that. It may, you know, it stands up, it stands on its own a hundred percent. Even the other shows Aaron was a part of, it kind of broke through. So we wait for those kind of series to do that. And Slasher being on, you know, uh, Shutter now, which is uh, premiering in the States, it says a lot about where we've come. We've come a long way in Canada, I think, with the genre for sure. And Next this season, we don't hold back. <laughs> is there more freedom on Shutter? Uh, being on Shutter obviously immediately lets us just go to town with everything. And it's also, we're always trying to one up our own selves because we've done, I think by this point, we would have done. 24 uh, maybe more kills across uh, across the, the slasher world and we we just know how to do them better and more gross 
Yeah. I think, yeah, and I think <laughs> when, and when, you're, when we're generating them, when we're working together and breaking this on a really sweet, pretty front porch last year for this, <laughs> this show, you're just, you're kind of pushing each other and you're just like, you know, it's just like, it's one-upping it within our discussion. Sometimes too, you get to a point where you're like, oh, we could never do that. And then you're like, well, we have to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. And you've only seen the first half of the season. So you've got a lot more horror left to watch. What comes first, the kills or the story? Now, there is a reference to one particular kill at the end of the second episode. No, we, we start um, figuring out our kills by starting with the theme of the episode. And that usually, usually is a good segue for us to figure out how we want to kill a character. So if a character is being um, uh, jealous, we'll try to find a way to, you know, make their kill about jealousy somehow. So it, it, it just, it, it's the best way for us to dovetail the story into the, into the kills so that they're not just extraneous and, and happening for only shock value. And I, and I think just, you know, the kill that we're, <laughs> we're talking about that we're not going to talk about, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, yes, it is. It is uh, crazy and saw like, but also I think the emotional impact that's built into it, it exists because we, you know, we came up with it while we were uh, really immersed in those characters, you know, and you just, you, you know, again, without speaking about it, you can see all the ways in which it's just 10 times worse because of who's there and how close they are, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And there's, and even, it's even kind of a, that one that you're talking about is also a bit of a metaphor for what that poor characters had to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Paula and, and really the rest of you as well, but starting with Paula, Talk about how she fits into this uh, unusual family, and I'm being kind, but uh, she seems to be kind of um, one of the one of the better of the gang, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think the Galloways are the kind of family that barely treat you like family, even when you are a blood relative. So even though she's been married into the family for 10 years, she still feels very much like an outsider. She's got a very strong sense of self, but she's very aware that when her husband gets together with his siblings, that it kind of brings out the worst parts of him. So, um, you know, working with these guys for several seasons now, they brought me, you know, the character and the idea of it. And then you know, it took it took further shape when Adam gave me this really great clue about Jennifer Lawrence and mother. And we kind of just talked about what kind of what what she sort of would offer in this group. And I really feel like she's sort of this grounding center, but also says a lot of the things that the audience is thinking about this dysfunctional family as uh, as we're watching. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's I know if we're waiting for the rest of us to chime in. I think that's that's bang on, especially what you say about about the voice i mean there's that there's that freedom right and we all know when you when you go let's say to a partner's family and they're like oh you know get ready my mom is so brutal this way my dad is so brutal this way and you sit on the outside and you go actually they're they're, they're. <laughs> or the opposite you go home with with a partner who says no my family's great everything's great and you're sitting there from the outside and going are you kidding? Like this, this is normal to you because it is not to me. So Christy has that great benefit, as Paula is saying, is just having that outside eye. Right, but then the, also the great thing about Christy is she's got her own family that she might herself be a bit blind to. Correct. Mm, yes. It's an awful thing to not feel believed, you know, um, without giving away too much. But there's a sort of there's a sort of sense she has about feeling like an outsider with Seamus and with Afra. And it sort of starts feeling a little a little crazy. And uh, 
and that's its own sort of uh, subplot that that evolves over the season too. Yeah, and as a director, watching uh, Paula blossom in that character was uh, definitely a highlight for me as a director because the character seems to be like you know a bit of the moral compass, a bit you know uh, the audience in a way, <laughs> in some ways. Not to give away too much, but uh, yeah, I love Christy as a character. I thought Paula did an exceptional job, and the writing was exceptional as well. Truly. Um, I love doing it with you guys so much. Yes, great. <laughs> More with the creative team of Slasher Flesh and Blood in a moment. The kill that was teased at the end of episode two and other kills at chilling moments. Well, the kill that we're all teasing at the end of episode two, I will say, was one of the it was actually a very like traumatic feeling shoot that day. Like it just felt real i think we were all i don't know that we realized how much we'd all be yelling and i know that sounds silly but you know you it's it's not we're not a huge budget show but i think we stretch it really well so we know that if we're 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 losing uh some blood that we might have only a couple cracks at it so there is this kind of feeling of you know like your heart's actually racing and and i think we were all feeling um yeah just kind of like the stakes of that so i scare very easily as i mentioned so it was just tears and what have you. Um, but there's a, there's a couple of deaths later in the season. Um, and, you know, I find sometimes the stuff that isn't as gory to be really, really affecting and actually chilling as well. So without giving away too much there. Um, yeah, there's lots to write home about Shutter fans. Well, that's, uh, if, if, if I can jump in, like for me, like I'm nervous right now talking because I don't want to give away anything. I know. I care, <laughs> I like, you know, because I care about it so much, right? Yeah. Like, um, I've worked with Aaron as an actor. I've worked with, you know, uh, in many ways. I love his writing. I love what he comes up with. Um, and I got to say, for me, there's two, there's three things that happened in the season that really shook me. And there's one that's really not about the violence or the gore, but it just st- struck home to me personally. And asking, like, even shooting it, uh, I had to take a moment. And I think then it's working. You know, we're telling a story. It's not just about the kids, not about that. There's a lot of layers that are a lot of drama, a lot of things to think about. And even for me as, as directing it and seeing how the writing was working. And, and it, I had the same feeling in the editing of that certain scene as well, that I had to leave the room for a second. And then I was like, well, it, it's working then, you know? So it's, it's kudos to these guys. And then, yeah, there's one. <laughs> I wish I could say it, but I can't. There's one I, can't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll just say three things. I, I didn't even think it was going to happen while on the floor shooting that brought me to tears. And I was wow. like surprised. And I said, okay. It's okay. And I'm a fan, too, of the show. So when Ian and Aaron would give me the scripts, I'm reading it going, uh, wow, like, I, how are we going to do that? And then it, worked, and it happens. And, it's and, and like, just to gush about them for one sec before they jump in, about all three of these guys, actually, truly, it's because it yeah. really it is one of the most collaborative sets I've ever been on where it really they built this camaraderie where we're all like cheering for each other after takes and you do really really care about all these characters like I'd never worked in horror before but I really felt like no one was there as some sort of uh, you know genre trope in any way so you are so deeply invested and that's that's such a testament to good writing excellent writing caring about you know they're like empathetic guys who care about the characters. It just comes across. And Adam takes so much time with every actor before we start to really build this full world, you know, to make sure that we're all coming to the table with all that. So if you guys feel emotional about any of it, it's because they've set it up for us. That's all I'm saying. Before they jump in, there's one thing I had a bucket beside me nearly, but go ahead, Ian. The vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. How do we talk about those things? But, you know, and it's interesting, the ones that you guys are talking about, you know, there's one, the, the emotional death that you're talking about, one of the actors you know, had to excuse themselves within within the scene because they were breaking up so much outside of the scene because they just knew what it meant and all that. And then the kill that we're all speaking about obliquely, the other thing too is everyone is hanging out and they're spending uh, X number of weeks together. And sometimes the kills happen on their last day. So you have this incredible tight family and you're saying goodbye to someone. And you know, oh, we're going to keep going for another six weeks or something like that. And everyone's like, I can't believe that person's gone. Like, I love them so much. I want to hang out with them and all that. And you cannot be- beat the the work of our prosthetics team, uh, Alex Anger and Monica Estevez. It's so good. Like, there was a scene. It's the one that you're thinking of, Adam, with the bucket that we had a corpse of someone that looks so real, like every hair and everything like that is put in there that everyone we put it in it was very sobering everyone's like holy smokes and then everyone starts working and someone knocks a table and this corpse moved and like multiple crew members jumped <laughs> because it was so real they thought something was happening here they talk about the most iconic slashers in the genre i mean michael myers for me just because that's probably the first first slasher movie i ever watched and he's so disturbing when he just walks calmly i think that's the I think the juxtaposition of the of the horror and and brutality he does with his kind of slow, menacing walk is is terrifying. Jason for me was a shocker. I remember seeing this I think on TV as a as a young kid, not a young kid, but whatever. I was a teenager. The shock of that first kill on camera for me, I just didn't know that that could happen. So, and I, and no one and nothing, I don't think I was meant to be watching it had prepped me for it. So, so that was enormous, but I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Elm Street fan. Like uh, the, the just astounding smarts built into that first movie, the mythology of it, it. It's so rich. It's so clever. Like that just, that just blew my mind and, and is in my head all the time. Well, cornerstones for me, a Halloween for sure. Evil Dead's always in my, always what I'm thinking about, even though it's not a slasher. But I remember seeing uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 as a kid, and I had, that's one movie that made me vomit, speaking of vomiting. Never <laughs> forgot it. For some reason, it really affected me. I couldn't sleep that night, and I was just sick. And uh, But funny with Slasher with Aaron's that I would, I found a lot of, I don't know, for me personally, I, for some reason, I found a lot of inspiration from, I know you did last summer, for some reason. Yeah. And also Strangers, the Strangers and Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, I thought they did that really well. Like, I'm a big fan of that pool scene uh, in Strangers Pray at Night. I think it's fantastic. So it's just like, oh, they went all the way. They didn't get cut corners. You know, it's never about settling. So I found a lot of inspiration there. But, I, but just to go, when we go to the gore, which is so extreme um, at times, and absolutely, we look to martyrs, the French extremity movement, not to pull back to say if we're going to go then we're going to these are the consequences and we're going to go and then we're allowed to so it's 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 fun do you watch slashers paula well uh, <laughs> you know i was thinking about how criminal mind scares me but I, <laughs> that's a horror for me but what's the scream guy Who's ghost that? Face. The ghost face. Jason? Ghost face. Is he ghost not the ghost, ghost, yeah. ghost, <laughs> The ghost guy. That's a, that's a fear. Yeah. I ended there. I don't think I've watched anything since Scream. So it's it's just our show, Criminal Minds, and that sort of, I, in my imagination. Okay, would you say that David Cronenberg and that house 
are somehow connected, almost like they're joined. It's kind of weird. What do you guys think? I, I think I think so. And, uh, you know, we're teasing, of course, ways in which that's true. But uh, he's he's in everything and there's ways in which you can't escape him. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's purpose built for the man. Right. And that comes with a lot of uh, a lot of potential, I think, is the most we could possibly say. Kudos to getting him too. Is there a challenge to keep this kind of show going? You know, the, the show is so fun to work on that I'm not sure I would call it a challenge. I've, I've done other series which are, you're like, oh, how are we going to do this again? This show, we, we have such a key premise every season that it, and we, we only have eight episodes, which is like a perfect storytelling um, uh, blueprint that it's, it's, it, it isn't a challenge. It's, it's fun and we keep getting better at killing people. <laughs> <laughs> on how Christy stands out from other characters she's played. Here's Paula Brancati. I think Christy feels for me like the most, um, she's the most adult. It's the first time I played a mother. And uh, I think there's something sort of inherently pure about her. She could not be more different than Violet and and from Dawn. So um, I was going to say it was a challenge to think about differentiating these women, but the writing is so clear that it really just becomes about, you know, uh, doing what's there and, and, and leaning into that. But I think, I think Christy really feels like, um, a, a grown woman and, uh, and, you know, I hadn't really played somebody who's actually my age in a very long time. So that was, that was a lot mm. of fun. Yeah. I would uh, chime in the original Psycho much. is one of the movies that I would put in uh, there too. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. I know that one. Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys. Bye. Slasher Flesh and Blood is on Shudder and a new season came out in 2023 called Ripper. And you can get your free access Lifetime to Sci-Fi Talk Plus by clicking on the link in the show notes. This is Tony Tolano.